Good morning. Let's stand together and become to bless the Lord. Lord, we lift you up. We magnify you, O oh God. Hallelujah. We waited for this day. We're gathered in your name, calling out to you. Your glory like a fire, awakening desire will burn our hearts with truth. You're the reason we're here, and you're the reason we're singing. Open up the heavens, we want to see you. Open up the floodgates, a mighty river flowing from your heart, and feeling every part of our breath. And open up the heavens, sing it to him, church. And open up the heavens, we want to see you. Open up the floodgates, a mighty river flowing from your heart, filling every part of our praise. Your presence in this place, your glory on our face, we're looking to the sky. Descending like a cloud, you're standing with us now, Lord, unveil our life. You're the reason we're singing. Open up the heavens, we want to see you. Open up the floodgates, a mighty river flowing from your heart and feeling every part of our breath. Open up the heavens, Lord. Open up the heavens, we want to see you. Open up the floodgates, a mighty river flowing from Gates, a mighty river flowing from your heart. 
Take a moment as he's playing just to worship the Lord. Lord, we lift you and magnify you. We glorify you, Lord Jesus. For there is none like you, O God. How we magnify your name. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Because of who you are, I gave you glory. Jehovah 
Forgive us when we fail to worship you. Forgive us when we fail to praise you, oh God. Forgive us, oh God, for all that you have done for us. We bless you for all that you supply, for all that you give, oh God, for all that you heal and you save. We bless you and praise you now, oh God. Hallelujah. Thank you for your blood, oh God. Thank you for your stripes, oh God. Hallelujah. 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 Worship the Lord, church. Hallelujah. Your blood is the rescue to the sin-stained life. Your blood is the healing for the hopeless and broken. Your blood is enough. Jesus is enough. Thank you, Lord. Your blood Your blood is my refuge when I'm hurting and alone. Your blood is enough. 
situation, whatever your family problems, issues, finances, God knows. He's enough. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Give him praise, church. Give him honor. He is worthy. There's nothing he's short of. There's no nothing he can't reach, nowhere he can't go right now in the name of Jesus. He can do whatever you need. Hallelujah. 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 Your blood is a refuge. Of my storm, and your blood is my shelter. When I'm hurting and alone, your blood is enough. Jesus is the first verse. The first verse, hallelujah! Hallelujah! Oh, and your blood is my rescue to the same stained line. Your blood is. Hopeless and broken, your blood is enough. Oh, Jesus is enough. Hallelujah, Lord. Your blood is my shelter in the middle. 
lost my storm Your blood is my refuge When I'm hurting and alone And your blood is enough Jesus is enough Hallelujah It's renewing, restoring, saving
worship. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Amen. Somebody give Jesus a hand clap of praise in this house today. He's worthy. Amen and amen. So good to see everybody in the house of the Lord this morning. I, I have a word for you today. I, um, as I was uh, getting preparing for the service today, have I not got enough floor? I think my ear just went out on me, Brian. You're getting old when your ears start ringing, all right? God. When I was at Nury, I had this guy. That's maybe a little too high. Uh, just a little bit down. When I, when I was at Nury, I had this guy. He told me, we need to put one of them sound things in your ear. And, and I said, I'm afraid I'll blow my eardrum out. And then I got here, and J.D. told me, when you get one of them things for your ears? I don't know what's wrong with these guys. I really don't. There's, there's <laughs> maybe I need to just accept it, right? Today, I want to deal with this topic. Jesus Christ, he is the purpose of life. Are y'all ready for that? Now, today I want you to understand that, that I'm kind of mad today, and I'm really mad at the devil. Uh, I see what he's trying to do, and, and I know how he is attacking the body of Christ, and not just, when I say that, I'm not speaking just to this body today, I'm speaking all over America, that Satan is working against the church, because he knows that in this last day and hour, the church is needed more now than they've ever been before. So today, if I sound mad, I'm not mad at you, all right? Let's just go ahead and clarify that, all right? I'm mad at the devil today, and I want him to know that Jesus Christ is alive and well, and I want to lift up the name of Jesus in such a way today that by the time I get finished, hell will be in a corner trembling. Because the Bible tells us that just the name of Jesus, that every knee is going to bow, every tongue is going to confess that He is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That at the name of Jesus, every devil in hell will begin to tremble just at the mention of His name. Uh, I, I was looking up the purpose. When you look up the word purpose, it means the reason for which anything is done. The reason anything is created. The purpose is the reason for which anything or anybody exists. And, and so Jesus Christ is the purpose of life. So He is the reason that we are here today and this is being done. He is the reason that we have been created to even be able to worship Him. He is the reason that today in this house we even exist. And today we are breathing in this fresh air and we're living and we're alive. It is all because of this man named Jesus Christ. No wonder the Apostle Paul when he was writing, he said it is in him that I live and that I move and that I breathe and that I even have my being. There is something special about Jesus now, where I'm going today, we're going to be looking at the letter of Philippians that Paul is writing to the church of Philippi. And, and as he's writing to the Philippians, it is a letter that gives us what I'd call a warm and gentle side of the Apostle Paul. Uh, unlike many of his other writings, he's very abrasive. Uh, I guess it would be safe to say that the Apostle Paul wouldn't have made the best pastor. He would have hurt a lot of feelings. He would have stepped on a lot of toes. The tithing probably would have went down. And so what he did, he just came in there, he got the church going, got it organized, and took off. 
like an evangelist. He preached this sermon and then he took off down the road and said, you can deal with these people, Timothy. That's the way he operated. That's the way the Apostle Paul is kind of abrasive, but in this letter, he really seems to be more on the warmer and the gentle side, if I can say it that way. When you look at the overall theme of the book of Philippians, you quickly learn that the overall theme is the joy of the Lord. He is speaking to God's people and telling us that we are to live a life of joy, a life of happiness. I say it so often, but it just disturbs me. I was watching the Clemson game last night. That was the end of my sentence, by the way. And I, and I was watching the Clemson game, and I looked over there, and they were walking off the field, and they were walking like this. My Lord, they looked dejected. They looked defeated. And they hadn't even lost yet. It bothers me whenever I look at church and at the Christians and the people of God. And so often we look dejected. We come in on Sunday morning sometime and we look like we've lost our best friend. And I'm trying to figure this thing out. Because if we're serving Jesus Christ, and if He is the reason that I live, and if He is the reason that I breathe, and if I'm coming to worship Him, how in the world can I be discouraged? How in the world can I be disgusted and dejected? How can I sit there as if I've lost? Because I told my Wednesday night crowd, you may lose some of your battles. Come on, somebody. For you that have been missing Wednesday nights, listen, go back on Facebook, watch them. We are doing a search 66 from the book of Genesis all the way to the book of Revelation. I just finished Joshua this past week, but you find most of them, I think all of them should be online. I don't think it crashed on us. So I think they should be there for everybody to view. But we talked about this week. You may lose some battles. But just because you lose a battle, it doesn't mean that you're going to lose the war. Because, see, there's some battles that I face, and there's some enemies that I face, and there's some troubles and trials that I've went through. And I've got to admit to you, I, I didn't pass the test. I failed flat on my face, and I had to repent and ask God to forgive me and give me strength to get back up and, and go again. So I understand that we lose battles, but I'm telling you, because of Jesus Christ, the purpose of life, I'm here to take it today. I know who's going to win the war. I have already read my Bible for from Genesis to Revelation, I know what's in the back of the book. I know who's going to win. I know who's going to be victorious. And yes, sir, it is the church of the living God, Jesus Christ, that in the last time we are going to still be standing when everything else is burning. How can we look dejected? So anyhow, that's a side note. i got to hurry. It is this abiding and abounding joy that only comes when we know Jesus Christ. There are things in this life that I would call temporary joy. There's a thing as temporary joy. There's eternal joy. Now, if, if your joy for living is your house, I just need to go ahead and tell you that's a temporary joy, right? It's going to burn one day. The only joy that we will ever find that is going to be eternal is in Jesus Christ. Now, I hear some of you, you're like me, and you're saying, well, you know what? I'll just choose to have temporary joy and eternal joy. Praise the Lord. Why are you tell me to get one of them? I want both of them. Well, that's all right. God will bless you. As far as Paul was concerned, Jesus is the sum. He is the, the equal. Two plus two equals four. He is the four. He is the sum of everything. He is the substance of life. To preach Christ is Paul's consuming passion. Now, y'all that were here Wednesday night, do you remember when we talked about the word passion? Do you know what the word passion means from a Sunday morning crowd? I got to tell you. It means strong and barely controllable 
emotions. When Pop, now I understand why I act the way I act. It is all getting clearer to me now. Because there is something in me that is called passion. And I cannot control my passion. It is uncontrollable. I get so excited when I start talking about Jesus. I get so excited when I start singing and playing for Jesus that I can't hardly stand it. The Apostle Paul has this abounding joy. He has this passion to know him, Christ, is his highest aspiration. It is what he lives each waking day for. And to suffer for Christ was known as a privilege. It is in chapter 4. I've got to show you. There's four chapters in Philippians. Life's purpose. Paul tells us about for me to live is Christ to die is gain. Then he showed us life's pattern. Let this mind be in you which is in Christ Jesus. Follow him and you'll win. Philippians 3. Life's prize. I press toward the prize. The goal of the high call of God which is in Jesus Christ our Lord. And then in Philippians 4.13. I may do this one next week. Life's power is what he talks about. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But today I just want to deal with the first chapter. It is clear that Paul is stating to us his purpose for living is Jesus Christ. His priorities have gotten in line. There's no second thoughts. There's no doubts about his decision to follow Christ. His reason for living was not to get a name for himself. His reason for living was not to become known as the greatest apostle to ever live. His reason for living and existence was to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. Can you say that today? The reason you exist, the reason you are here, is not to see how much earthly gain you can accumulate. The reason you are here is because you are here to lift up Jesus Christ. You are here to glorify God and to edify the body of Christ. You are here for that and that alone. Now there's three points I got to give you before I leave today. Number one, Paul rested in God's security. Paul was not the nervous type. Paul was not uh, timid. Some of the words that you can understand, Paul was not scared. He wasn't scared. This guy would run to a fight. I mean, it, a matter of fact, this guy was so tough and so strong, he would write it on paper. He'd call people out. He didn't tiptoe around the truth. He'd be like, Epaphroditus, y'all need to kick him out the church. What? There's nothing fearful about this man he's abrasive he is in your face sometimes it may seem obnoxious the way that this guy acts but he tells him I will not be intimidated by the enemy I will not be intimidated by other people I will not be fearful he could not be threatened they told him we we're throwing you in prison guess what he did we preached it a few weeks back he went to the jailhouse he said, being confident in this very thing, that he who has started or begun a good work inside of me, 
He's going to complete it in the day that Jesus Christ returns. Paul had this assurance, this, this resting place that he had found in God's security. That it did not matter where he went in life. No matter what came up in his life. He rested on the fact and on the thought that Jesus Christ was always going to be there by his side. And I'm telling you, if we as Christians could ever grab a hold of that privilege that God has given us. To understand that when we're fearful, all we've got to do is run to Jesus. When I find myself afraid, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. If we will just learn this lesson, I'm telling you, it'll make it a lot easier for us. It'll make it easier for us when we understand that when God's ready for us to go, He takes us. But until God's ready for you to go be with Him, guess where you're going to be? It's a planet called Earth. And what that means today, the reason I'm here is not because I got lucky and cheated death. The reason I am here is because God's purpose and plan has prevailed in my life. And He has called me to be here at this moment and this time, 2021. Now, I don't know if I'll be in the world in 2022, 2030. I have no idea. But I know as of right now... I am resting in the security that God has got me in His hand and there's a work inside of me that until God gets finished completing that work, I'm not going anywhere and you need to understand the same thing. And that is why the Apostle Paul could not be intimidated, could not be fearful because he put all his trust in this man, the purpose of life, Jesus Christ. Paul expresses to the congregation, to his flock, He's resting in the ability that God is not only going to keep him, but he expresses to the church of Philippi that God is also going to keep them. Hallelujah. Paul had not only turned this church over to God, but he had also turned his life and ministry over to him. Everything he gives to God. It's wonderful when we're able to rest and trust in Jesus Christ. It's so great. I want to show you Acts chapter 12, verse 5 and 6. Uh, in jail, and, and you know it's amazing because a lot of these apostles, if you read your Bible in the New Testament, a lot of them, they spend a lot of time in jail, alright? So if you got a jail record, I guess God wanted to make you feel comfortable. Verse 5, but while Peter was in prison, the church prayed very earnestly for him. We talked about this the other week, man. Look at what it says. The night before Peter was to be placed on trial, he was asleep. Y'all grab that? Fastened with two chains between two soldiers. Others stood guard at the prison gate. We talked about this a few weeks back, maybe a month or so ago. He's got four quadrillion of soldiers, which is 16 soldiers. Four times four, 16. But that night, what was the Apostle Paul doing? What is his attitude? You talk about a man that knows how to rest in God's security. He thought, my Lord, I'm not going to be tired when I get home tomorrow. When God gets me out of this place, I'm, I got things I want to do. I got a sermon I've been working on I got to finish up. I got to preach. I mean, I want some good food. I mean, they need a grill of steak for me. I don't want to be wanting to take a nap. I'm just going to sleep through the night. What an attitude, right? How can he do it? He's resting in Christ. Look at Matthew 8, 23. This is powerful. Even Jesus expressed confidence in his own ability because he was God in the flesh. He said, then Jesus got into the boat, started across the lake. Suddenly, a fierce storm struck the lake with waves breaking into the boat. But Jesus was what? Now, for you who don't know what, 
what it means. Jean was just telling me a few minutes ago, she's trying to sink her pontoon. Driving under waterfalls. Have you ever heard of such? Driving what it means, when you start talking about this water's crashing into the ship, what it means, Johnny, is they were taking water inside of the boat. And if there's no way for that water to drain, you better grab a bucket or jump off. Because you are going down. They are taking water, and so they are frightened. The disciples went and woke him up, Christ up, and they said, Lord, save us. Are you ready? What did they say? We are going. See, there's some of you, you've already signed your death warrant. There's some of you in this building, you've already, you've already told them what, what it's going to happen. Go back to the last verse there, buddy. Verse 25, leave me there. Look, we are going to drown. Jesus Christ, the purpose of life, is in the ship with them. And the only thing they can think about is we are going to to drown. I'm afraid that so often we live a defeated life or we bring defeat into our life because we get a presupposition. Oh, that was a big word right there. We use what that means is we dream things into existence. We we go ahead and talk ourselves into it. It's a presupposition that something is going to happen before it ever really happens. And so they look at Jesus, wake him up and say, "We hate to tell you, Lord, but we know we're going to die." We know we're going to lose. That is not the spirit that God has given you. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Somebody hear me today. Don't sign your own death warrant. Don't talk your own defeat. Jesus Christ is still the one that calms the winds and the waves obey this man's voice. All right, let's go. Let's go. 26. Jesus responded, why are you afraid? Why have you so little faith? Then he got up, rebuked the wind and the waves, and suddenly there was a great calm. Oh, yes, God. Verse 20. The disciples were amazed. I often try to figure out this scripture because I'm trying to figure out why they're so amazed. Because they've already seen him do so many miracles. It's second nature, nature for Jesus. They're seeing him raise dead boys. They're seeing him turn water to wine. They're seeing all these things. And now they're surprised that the winds and the waves listen to him. Have they not recognized who he is yet? Even the winds and the waves obey him. But I like the next verse. He said, and they asked, who is this man? They asked him. But then look, even the winds and the waves, they obey his voice. Point number one, Paul rested in God's security. Point number two. Paul rejoiced in great suffering. <laughs> he rejoiced in persecution. This man is insane. Who wants to go through persecution? Who wants to celebrate when you suffer? Paul is being held in confinement when he is writing this. Under the constant watch of the elite Roman guard. In light of this, there was one thing that he wanted to make sure that everyone understood when he was writing this letter of what? Of joy. He is in chains writing a letter of be joyful in the Lord to a church. I mean, you talk about a guy that's got the anointing of the Holy Spirit. This guy does. 
But the message that he wanted everybody to understand was that his chains were not hindering the spread of the gospel. Let, let me show you this. Philippians 1.18. Watch this. Philippians 1.18. But that doesn't matter, he said, whether their motives are false or genuine. He says the message about Christ is being preached either way. Just leave it up there for a moment. I'll tell you when to move on there, Chevy. So I, what? I rejoice. And I will continue to rejoice. Now in the verses above, he's talking about preachers. And he's talking about preachers that have wrong motives. That are preaching for gain or preaching for prestige or wanting to get power or a name for themselves. And he comes to the conclusion and he says, guess what? Even if they're preaching false with false motives and their heart isn't right, at least the gospel is being preached. So as long as Jesus is being preached, yes, even a drunkard on the street could give a testimony and somebody get under conviction by the Holy Spirit and give their life to Christ. The Word of God is that powerful that when it is spoken, it will cut and divide asunder the heart, bone, and marrow even into the soul. How can a man in prison have this, what we'll call, everything's going to be all right? Attitude in the middle of a prison when they are threatening to kill him for preaching the gospel. But Paul is rejoicing. Why? Because Jesus Christ is the purpose for his life. So if he dies for Christ, then to him this is an absolute honor. And he wants them to know the gospel is still being spread. Go to verse 19. So he has the supply of the Spirit. For I know that as you pray for me, and the Spirit of Jesus Christ helps me, that means the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, helps me. This will. Are y'all ready for this? I want you to catch the difference in the wording. Everybody with me? The disciples said, we are going to drown. Right? Paul said, as you pray and the Spirit helps, this will lead to my deliverance. Do you hear the difference in the tone here? Now thank God that Jesus had mercy on his disciples and rebuked them for their fear and let them live. But he could have said, all right, I'm going to let y'all go. You can weather the storm by yourself. He could have let them drown that night. Thank God for the grace of God when we act dumb. Thank God for the grace of God when we do some stupid stuff. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah for grace. And so Paul is sitting here and he's saying, this will lead to my deliverance. The, the supply of the Spirit. Go on to verse 20. So he knew... That through all of this, that Christ in the end is going to be glorified, magnified, lifted up. The, I mean, we're going to take the spotlight. And by the time this is over, it's not going to be on these chains. It's not going to be on the Apostle Paul. He says, in the end, I want the spotlight to be on Jesus Christ. And that is exactly what he did. For I fully expect and I hope that I will never be ashamed. But I will continue to be Bold for Christ. I love this as I have been in the past. That means these chains aren't going to change me. It means this circumstance is not going to change me. I love it because I've seen some people that have been through some things. And I thought to myself, it's going to break them. There's no way they can make it through. But my God, I watched them as they rose back up. And they had that same boldness of the Spirit inside of their life. And in the end, they're still praising Jesus through the storm. All they're wanting to do is do what Paul did. They're wanting to magnify Jesus even in the middle of great suffering. It's a beautiful thing. 
It's a beautiful thing. And I trust that my life will bring honor to Christ. Watch this. Whether I live or whether I die. My God have mercy. For to me, and we're going to leave it on this for just a minute. I'm going to preach to you. For to me, Paul says, living means living for Christ. And dying, are you ready? Is even God have mercy. Now, now, mm, my purpose for living, Paul says, is to please Christ. If I die, I listen. He says, if I live, I'm going to live for Jesus. If I die, I'm going to live with Jesus. Woo! Now, 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 God, some of y'all getting it, some of you ain't. It's hard. I hate funerals. We just had one for Sandra's father just this past week. We're praying for you, Sandra, as well. And Wayman, we went to that funeral. And so often, when I go to services like that, I call them homegoing services for men and women of God. But as I'm sitting there and I'm thinking to myself, and I go to these often, and, and sometimes when you're surrounded by death, I mean, it can just get stressful. You know what? I mean, like, even during this pandemic, there's nurses. They, they sit there day in and day out, and they've seen people die. And I've read articles, and I've seen them where they said, I'm just tired of people dying. I mean, I, I wait on them. I try to help them everything I can do within my power, but they're just dying. I mean, you stay around death too long. It can get you discouraged. My best friend is a mortician. That's what he does for a living. He stays with dead people more than he does living people. I mean, that's his job. That's what he gets paid to do. But when he first started out, and as he learned and, you know, became more experienced, it didn't affect him as much. But he said there's still times, even you bring a little baby in there, something so innocent, and, and you just you have to hold back the tears. Sometimes you just have to shed a few tears because death just does something to you. But the Apostle Paul, this is so powerful because I'm trying to grab, grasp it in my mind because I've been, I've been, I've preached the funerals. I've sat on the seats of the family that was having the funeral. So I've been at both places and I'm telling you in both positions, I'm trying to grasp this that Paul is saying. But what he is saying is for the child of God. He said, we go and we have these services and we weep and we mourn. He says, but in reality, they should be the ones weeping for us because they, my God, are living with Jesus Christ. Do you grab that today? This is the hope of every believer. And the Apostle Paul has grabbed on to the purpose of life, Jesus Christ, in such a way that he said, guess what? I've reached the point that if I die, dying's even better. I won't have to struggle anymore. I won't have to fight anymore. I won't go through turmoil anymore. All I'm going to do is lift up the name of Jesus. Let me die. Now that is a deep faith right there, ladies and gentlemen. So that's why in the middle of suffering and change, he can rejoice with great suffering. Because he sees the other side. And he understands that if I do die, it's going to be a blessing. I ain't got to deal with this anymore. My prison forever will be broken. I will never have chains on me again. My God, can we just grasp this today? So let me die. I was reading a story of, I don't know if y'all heard of Arthur Pulaski. Anybody heard of that guy? Does that name ring a bell with anybody? Nobody knows him? All right, Canadian pastor getting arrested on a tarmac. Does that ring a bell? 
Does anybody watch the news in this church, or have you done like me, just took a break? I, I got a couple people that know who he is. Numerous times, this guy has been arrested. And mind you, it's, it's because, of course, restrictions that have been put in place, and he has chosen to take the stance that his church can do whatever they want to. They wear their mask, they don't have to wear their mask, he just wants them to have the freedom of worship. I was reading a little bit of his story the other day. And he talked about how he came from Poland, a godless place. He said we could not worship God freely. And so he went to Canada so that he could worship Jesus Christ. And the government tried to shut down his church. You may have saw the viral video. I think it was back in May of last year where they come in there and they're saying, oh, you can't have this service. It's against the law and this, that, and the other. And he says, get out of here, you neo-Nazis in Jesus' name. He rebuked them. They left. He said, don't you come back. Disrupting. It's a sham and a shame. He said, you're disrupting us on the Lord's Supper. They're trying to have communion together. And he stood against it. He come back from a four-month tour here. And when he got on the tarmac, as you saw, which he didn't have a mask on, they claimed they were arresting him for that. But there, it's a lot deeper than that, ladies and gentlemen. And so they arrest this man, put him in prison. He got out, but now they're trying to make a showing of him. Because he wants to keep the church doors open and does not believe that government should be able to interfere with our worship our Creator. And I'm 155% for that. And if you've got a problem with that, I am really sorry because I'm not changing my mind. I believe we should be able to come and worship Jesus Christ anytime that we want to lift up the name of Jesus. He is the reason that I live anyhow. So what does this other stuff even matter anyhow to me? It doesn't matter anymore. But this is what grabbed me about the story. It's not the politics of it. It's the statement that a man that comes from Poland and goes to Canada and thinks he has a freedom of speech. Pulaski condemned Canada's fear of people bringing forth the truth and warned, are you ready for this? And warned that the U.S. government would start deplatforming Christians in America next. Do you know after that statement, Twitter started banning people left and right? A preacher just the other day from Tennessee got banned from Twitter. They're deplatforming because they don't like it. This is the quote that Pulaski said, or Pulaski. He said, my message to you is, watch what's happening here because it's coming your way unless you rise up and stand up and fight. Watch this. He said, I really think that people will rise up and will come to my defense. He sounds like Paul, don't he? I mean, you, I just read it to you. He said, when you pray, the Spirit's going to come to my defense. He said, and at the same time, to their own defense. Pawlowski said, because listen very carefully. This is a quote from just the other day. He said, they came for me. They will come for you. It's just a matter of not if. It's a matter of when. Well, Pastor, you fell off the rocker. What I'm telling you is we are one week away. We are one day in Congress away from everything as we know it changing. All we have to do is in the name of health and taking care of people, we're going to just, you can't meet, you can't gather. That's all it takes. One thing like that, and we get in this church, and I preach, and just like in Canada, which is supposed to be a democracy, 
And which is supposed to be religious freedom just like we are. They can come through those doors and say, Pastor, you can't preach today. you got to let all the members out. Do you know what that leads to? Persecution, ladies and gentlemen. And then if we say, we're not doing it. We're just not doing it. What happened to him is what happens to us. They put handcuffs on us and they take us to the jailhouse for defying health center commands. Or whatever we call them, CDCs, whatever. What I'm telling you, we are one moment away from that happening to us. But I came to preach to you today as a reminder that in great suffering, do not be discouraged. In great suffering, be like the Apostle Paul and rejoice. Because I'm telling you, I serve a God that can still open the prison doors. If he wanted to do that, there's nobody or nothing that can stop my God from doing that. So do whatever you want. I really don't care. The only reason I exist is for Jesus Christ anyhow. God Almighty. Paul, i got to close with this one. You want to play something? You got a piano on that thing? Sit over there. Listen. Last point. Paul remained in glad service. That means even in persecution, this guy stayed happy. His desire was to depart. Just hold on a minute. Give me one second. Don't start yet. Don't start yet. Go to verse 22 real quick. i got to read a couple more scriptures before I let her play. But if I live, I can do more fruitful work for Christ. So I really don't know which is better. This is the struggle going on. He says, I am torn between two desires. I long to go and be with Christ, which will be far better for me. Have you ever been there? Where you were torn between the two? Have you ever been there? You thought, man, I really, I just want to see my kids grow up. But man, I sure do want to see Jesus. Have you ever been there where you thought, man, I really love my grandchildren? But God, them growing up in this wicked world, I can't hardly bear the thought of it. If it's this bad now, what's it going to be like when they're 10 years old? Paul is torn between the two. And he's saying, I've got a desire to stay so that I can preach to you. But there's another side. His statement about departing is basically, if I can say it this way, some days I'm a little, I'm a little uh, envious. Can I say that? I'm a little envious of the old saints. Some days I'm a little envious of those that have gone on before us. Because I know that they're in a better place than we are. When Paul makes a statement about departing, it is the reference to his tent making days. When he literally, the experience with the tent to depart actually refers to pulling up the stakes. Pulling up the ropes. Picking up your tent. And moving on. This is what he says he's ready to do. In his flesh, he is wanting to pull up the stakes, move the ropes, take the tent down, and move on to glory. He wants to depart. But he did not view death as a final thing. He only viewed it as a means to actually get him to where Jesus is. To be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. Verse 25 and 20. 24 and 25, his decision was to stay and minister to God's flock. He says, but for your sakes, it is better that I continue to live. Knowing this, I am convinced that I will remain alive so I can continue to help all of you grow and experience the joy of your faith. In other words, I want to lead you to spiritual maturity. Although heaven is sweet, he says, preaching the gospel and helping you grow in Christ and be ready for heaven. He says, it's more beneficial. 
for you. Go ahead, let's pray. Let's all stand. I'm closing. I'm going to leave you with this thought. So here we've got a guy that's remaining in glad service. Whether he lives, whether he dies, his passion, this uncontrollable passion, is whatever I do, I'm going to do it all for the glory of God. What a powerful example for us today. Just as Paul did, we can make Jesus our divine purpose for living. He is the purpose of life. And the longer I live, I am learning that Jesus is really all that I need. I saw somebody the other day, they were talking about that song about Jesus. Uh, I can't remember the word of it, however. And it goes down through there and basically saying that he don't need nobody else. That's what it was. I don't need nobody else. I don't need nobody else. And you say that about 25 times. You be, He's my doctor. He's my lawyer. He's my teacher. You know how to play? I'm just playing. And they go through that song. He's like, uh, I don't know about this. We do need other people. We need this and that and other. I want to tell you something. I know what they're trying to say. There's times friends may leave you. But Jesus will never leave you. There's times you may have a house full of family. And you still feel all alone. But know Jesus. The purpose of your life. He's still there. So today as I close and we pray. I encourage you to change your way of thinking. And I'm encouraging you not to go ahead and say, I'm going to drown. I want you to say, the Spirit's going to come. The church is going to pray. God's going to intervene. And this is going to lead to my deliverance. I'm going to trust in Jesus. Because until Jesus' purpose is done in my life, honey, I'm not going anywhere. But until I go, whether I live or whether I die, there's one thing they're going to be able to say about me. I left this world praising God. As the songwriter said, when I die, let me die speaking in tongues. Hallelujah to the Lamb of Almighty God. Let me be in Jesus' presence. If I live, I'm going to serve Jesus. If I die, I'm going to be with Jesus. So Messiah, what does that lead me to say? It leads me to understand that for those that Jesus Christ has become the purpose of your life, can I say it this way? Either way, you win. Father, I thank you for this congregation today. I thank you, Father, for your anointing. I thank you for your presence. I thank you for your spirit. I am praying right now that you would help us to grasp this concept. That Jesus Christ is all we need. I am asking you, Father, right now that you would help us. If we have got our priorities out of line. And if other, other things are starting to come before you. I'm asking you to help us get our priorities back in line. Because from the very moment that you created Adam, there was one reason you created him. He was created to worship you. That is the only reason Adam was created. And today, generations and generations have passed. Thousands of years have passed. And here we are in Gap Hill Church of God on 2021. In the month of, of October the 3rd. I am asking you, Father, let it just ring as true right now as it did with our, our, our first father, Adam. Let us understand that our purpose has not changed. Our purpose remains the same. And that is to lift up the name of Jesus. 
to win people for Jesus. And Father, when we do that, it doesn't matter what happens. We know in the end, we are going to be the victor. We will be the victor in Jesus' name. If you received that word today, would you shout amen? Let's continue to pray for those that have lost loved ones. I just mentioned Sandra and her family. Let's pray for There's others that have lost David's sister and brother-in-law a while back. There's several of us here lately that just have lost loved ones. And so we're, we're in prayer for that. Also be in prayer for my uh, uh, sister, her husband. Just uh, She just sent me word that he's going to have to have possibly a quadruple bypass. And so I know some of you have been through that. It's not a nice surgery. But be praying for him tomorrow morning. They're going to be doing that surgery on him if you would. His name's Kenny if you would call his name out to God today. God bless you guys. We appreciate you and love you. Your blood is a rescue.